Welcome to another episode of No Heart Left Behind's Hope in the Heart of Family Life. I'm your host and executive director of NHLB, Alicia Stickles. So every week we tell you that our heart is to empower families to thrive with the Word of God and the love of Christ. And we promise you to have real and needed conversations about hard issues facing families today. Well, today we are going to jump headfirst into one of those tough issues, sex and intimacy in marriage. Christians are taught that sex is a good and holy act created by God to be shared within the confines of marriage. Sex is meant to be a celebration of the intimacy and connection between a husband and a wife. However, what is often not discussed are the disconnects, challenges, and other nuances that can leave couples feeling like the issue of sex is anything but good. It is our hope that this candid conversation would provide you with some understanding as well as practical things you can do to face the challenges concerning sex and intimacy in your marriage. Due to the mature subject matter, you may want to pop in your earbuds or listen when the kids aren't around, but you definitely will want to listen to this life-giving conversation. Let's get started. Welcome, friends, to another episode of No Heart Left Behind's Hope in the Heart of Family Life. My name is Alicia. I am your host and executive director of No Heart Left Behind, and I am here with our lead belief therapist, founder of No Heart Left Behind, and my favorite mom, uh, Abby Shields. Hello, everybody out there. (laughs) Um, So, okay, we... Have talked. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have tackled a lot of topics. Um, I guess we're couples like 17 or so episodes in. We've talked about marriage. We've talked about parenting. Uh, we've talked about anxiety. Um, I am, I don't know if the right word is excited because I don't think it's excited. I think. I'm apprehensive. (laughs) (laughs) I am ready to jump into this topic because I just feel like it is so needed. And so today we're kicking off a series um, titled Sex and Intimacy. Um, I'm really looking forward to hearing your wisdom and some of our other guests that we have coming on in the series just a lot of different things to talk about when it comes to sex and intimacy. And I want to start off, um, I mean, just as a marriage counselor, I'm sure this is a topic that comes up quite frequently. Quite frequently. And and the interesting thing about it is there's no seven steps and seven habits when it comes to this because everyone is unique and have different bring different experiences into the marriage and so it's it's hard sometimes to um, make sure that they understand what sex and intimacy really is in marriage yeah because i think i mean just like i mean sex is about as relational as you can get (laughs) and you know relationships are messy there's like you like we always say you know, in our conversations together, there's no seven steps and there's a lot of gray and nuance, you know, but I am, I'm excited. Again, I keep going to that word, um, what we're going to talk about, because I do feel like it gives some guiding principles and some biblical understanding of 
sex and intimacy, you know, um, and what it's for. And, and it's, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, sex is a beautiful thing. Um, and so I'm excited to talk about it as well, but just a little apprehensive because, um, I don't want people to walk away from this thinking, well, she didn't solve my problem. Yeah. Okay. Cause, because it's so bigger than just the physical act of having being united sexually. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, it's not something that you hear, you know, <laughs> preached from the pulpit no. a lot. I mean, obviously the church acknowledges sex is a good thing. But getting down into the nitty gritty, the nitty gritty, <laughs> um, isn't something that you always experience, oh, yeah. you know, in a church. So I'm really. Um, it's time to quit stalling the least. Yes, <laughs> and let's jump in, and I will stop. It's fine. Okay. So, um, but I do want to start with this. You know, um, my husband and I have been married for 17 years. Wait, yes, 17. 16. Oh, shoot. I'm in trouble. Um, 16 or 17. I hope Gary doesn't listen to this. He will. Uh, You're in trouble. Anyway, uh, he said something very um, profound that I think has rung true um, throughout our relationship. Uh, Right after we were first married, we were actually on a panel of um, people speaking to a bunch of like older high school, college age kids just about this very topic, about relationships, about, you know, sexual purity, all that kind of stuff. And he came in and he basically said, you know, Satan will do whatever he can to get you to have sex before you're married. And then after you're married, he will get you to do whatever he will do whatever he can to get you not to have sex after you're married. That is so true. It really is because, you know, I I would imagine, I mean, I'm speaking for ourselves here, you know, we couldn't get to the altar fast enough, you know, <laughs> um, in terms of being able to, you know, consummate our relationship and enjoy each other physically. And I mean, that was really a struggle um, for us. And, you know, after we got married, I mean, we we just ran into things um, sexually that we just it knocked us down because we didn't know what was going on. We didn't understand the dynamics and um, behind what was causing the disconnect sexually. And I mean, it it can be a struggle. And I think that is just the craftiness of the enemy. But when you have God at the center of your marriage, you can work this out. Absolutely. It is not hopeless. Absolutely. So I hope that as a launching off place, I hope that provides some encouragement and foundation for, you know, people listening. So before we get into the sex part, we kind of have to understand relationships first. And so I wanted to talk about what you talk about in your office and a lot of times when you're speaking on this about the three parts of a relationship. Right. So what, what do you feel like are the key components to a relationship? Well, I, this is not my material. This is something that I learned years ago from a pot, not a podcast, but a CD series that I was listening to from a pastor out in California. And um, he talked about relationships and you having the big flame in a relationship. 
and he talked about the three different levels that you need all three levels for the big flame, for the relationship to be ignited and to stay um, fresh and, and stuff. So um, this is what I try to explain to the couples that come into the office is that the first level, if you can imagine three lines on a piece of paper and the bottom, the bottom line is the longest and um, the, it's, it's the foundational part of the relationship and that's called friendship. It, the first level of a relationship is friendship. Okay, and then the second part, as you're moving up the ladder, uh, the second line, uh, just a little bit shorter than the, the bottom line, is the choice lo love. Okay, you choose, because you're such good friends, you want to choose to stay together and be together the rest of your life, or choose to at least date singularly. And then the third one is, and that's the smallest one at the very top, and that's called, um, it's called, well, the, the, term they used was dode love, but that's the sexual sensual part. And you need all three of those. The problem is that oftentimes in relationships, people start off right at the sexual sensual and they don't create a firm foundation with the friendship. And, and that's oftentimes why relationships, when you get into this, fall apart. Yeah. So if you're talking about the three lines, you could kind of imagine it like the food pyramid. Yeah. Like the bottom line is your foundation, and that's grounded in friendship. Mm -hmm. And then you move into that choice love that is about commitment, and then you... Um, you commit to be with one another. Yes. And yeah. then you move it from there. That is the... Mm -hmm. The, the dode and, and I really try to encourage the couples to a, approach that third level, the dode, the sexual, sensual love um, from a perspective of God's God's perspective, because when you really think about it, the sexual act is a beautiful thing to be able to express your love to your partner um, through the physical act and, um, to meet their physical needs, etc. So, yeah. I, um, I, I had sexual trauma growing up, but as I moved into my marriage, um, was able to overcome that. And I'll tell you what, um, over the 50 years that I've been married to my husband, this was not an area of complaint on either one of us because we understood the beauty of it and because but the world can turn it into something that is not beautiful yeah okay. yeah so when there is a disconnect in this area in terms of um sex you know you it's usually from a lack of intimacy right um but what you've explained to me many times is that Intimacy is a multifaceted thing. Like, we're not just talking about sex. Sex. Right. Like, okay, there's no sex, so we don't have any intimacy. Right. There's other types of intimacy, and all of those intimacies are important in terms of creating a relationship that... Um, right. Well, the, the there's four basic... Uh, types of intimacy that you really want to look for and be aware of in your friendship, um, in that level, the, the friendship level. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of the intimacies that you're going to talk about, they're really more found on that friendship level right. than the, the uh, dode level. Right, yeah. right. And, and you need these in your relationship to be able to ultimately work your way up to the dode 
the dode level of love, right. okay? So the, the first type of intimacy that I think is really important is your recreational intimacy. And that's a bond that's created and strengthened by doing activities together. Just, um, I know that when my husband and I were dating and, or just, we always made sure that we did things together recreationally that we love. And it doesn't have to be physical as far as being athletic. You know, you can do crossword puzzles together. You can uh, take a class together. I know Curry and I took cooking classes together when we were dating and, um, dancing classes we did a lot of that um but it's the bottom line there is the connection is that you both enjoy doing them now you got to be careful because when you're dating you you say you like to do things before you get married and then you get married and you find out i didn't really like to do that yeah you have a funny story about that yeah. tell that funny story <laughs> my, my husband loved to fish and i wasn't a big fisherman and but i didn't want to not do something with him and so i pretended to like fishing and so i went fishing with him and then he did the same thing is that i loved craft fairs and going to different different fair type activities and so he would go with me and he pretended to like it and then we got married and about a year or so into the marriage we realized that we kind of created a monster because I didn't want to go fishing anymore and he didn't want to go to craft fairs anymore. And so our recreational intimacy went to pot. So so the key is be honest. Yeah, be honest. <laughs> that you find something you both like doing and you do it together. Right. And it doesn't mean that you can't try to do things outside your comfort zone, but the, the you want to make sure that the, the reason you're doing that is just to be in each other's presence, but to be honest about it. That No, I don't like to do this, but I'm going to do it with you because I want to be with you. Yeah. 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 You always tell me what, uh, what matters to your spouse needs to matter to you. That's exactly and right. That is very, yeah. very yeah. true. So another type of intimacy then is your intellectual intimacy. Okay. And you don't, you wouldn't think of intellectual intimacy as intimacy, but it really is. It's connecting to each other on a different level on certain issues, politics, books that you might read, etc. And this also tends to be highest at the beginning of a relationship because you're still getting to know each other. So it's really important to, I mean, I can remember my husband and I, you know, talking on, he was in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and I was in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And so we would talk on the phone a lot and just talking about all kinds of stuff, books we read, uh, the politics of the day, things that he did during the day. That's, that's a type of intimacy, just sharing your life with each other. Yeah. And um, really, really important on that one. And then the third type of intimacy is your spiritual intimacy. Curry and I didn't really develop that intimacy until much later in our relationship. But in, in today's, after 50 years, that's one of the strongest things. We find that praying together and or reading scripture or just talking about different spiritual issues together really... Um, connects us. And I have found that because our spiritual intimacy is so much higher than it used to be, the other types of intimacy have even heightened We because we're connected spiritually to one another. And so therefore, the other ones come a whole lot easier. Yeah. And we'll stop there because I'm your daughter and you're my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, shika, boom, Oh, boom. no, man. Here we go. Okay. Never do a sex and intimacy podcast with your mom. It is scary. 
So, um, anyway, um, I was going to say something before I thought about that. I was going to say that I agree with you that I find that, you know, some the conversations where Carrie and I are talking about, like, what God is doing in our life and what he's been showing us and what we're praying for and how he's been growing us. Um, those are some of my favorite conversations um, with him is learning about what God is doing in his heart and his life. Because um, I agree with you, it, it connects us. Mm-hmm. So and so the the intimacies that we've just talked about, if we're getting back to that peer, that pyramid of friendship, choice, dote, where do those, 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 you want to have those at the, at the friendship level. That's what begins and to bring the relationship together to that point of where you then go into emotional intimacy, which then ultimately leads into physical intimacy. And, and so the emotional intimacy um, it is a major problem because men and women define, it's kind of like this, that, that women want the emotional intimacy in order to be able to have the physical intimacy, and men want the physical intimacy before they have the emotional intimacy. And it's, it's um, when we'll be getting into impacting variables that prevents relationships here in a little bit. I don't think that's what we want to talk about now. Yeah. yeah. No, but what, so what is emotional intimacy though? It's just sharing the love of, of one's experiences with one another. And feelings. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and men have a limited emotional vocabulary. And I, I agree with you as a whole, that can be true. But I mean, I tell you what, I kind of have to say that, you know, yeah, I don't I, want to put this. Me, this is not just men on men, men, but yeah. I feel like usually one person in the relationship is better at communicating their feelings than the other. Right. Which one do you think you are? I'm probably the <laughs> one that does not. He has to pull it out of me quite a bit. Um, yeah, he's way more expressive than I am. So I identify with that as just the, um, you know, connecting with him on that emotional level because I'm just introverted and I like to process and think and I just kind of work it all out internally, but that doesn't invite him into my heart. Um, And so for all you, you know, internalists out there, I try to remember (laughs) that, you know, yes, I can go through my emotional process internally, but the end of the day that leaves my spouse out in the cold and Mm -hmm. so making it a point to you know even if it's after i've done that process come back come back to it and say hey yeah this is what i this is what i was feeling about this because i mean it creates again it creates connection Mm -hmm. yeah and and the the problem there is is that one spouse just wants the exchange of ideas and the other spouse really wants that individual just to identify with their feelings mm-hmm. and that can become that that gets very very frustrating i hear a lot of that in my office yeah mm-hmm. yeah so ultimately the emotional intimacy then will bring about the 
physical intimacy. Yes, and that's okay. the dode. That's the dode, yeah. The, the, and what is dode? Is that dode like is, a Greek word? I think or? it's Greek, okay. Hebrew, I don't know. <laughs> I just I just know the three words that were used for all three relationships were the bottom level friendship love was raya love, mm-hmm. and then this, the choice love was ahava love, and then this one was the dode love. But I... I don't want to say that it's Hebrew or Greek because I don't know and I don't care. <laughs> you have never been a details no. person. So, and I, um, you know, if we're talking about the physical intimacy um, and the dode is that, you know, a lot of times um, we, tr- we, you know, we treat sex as a means to an end. Like that we we focus on that first when really sex is a manifestation of of your love and your union, not the purpose of it. That, you know, sex is basically a celebration and the fruit of the intimacy and connection going on in the relationship. Absolutely. I don't I really believe that sex should never be a physical, just a physical rush, which is beautiful. But I believe sex should be a tender, passionate connection Mm -hmm. with one another. And um, so keeping that in mind, being aware of the end, uh, that that it's a manifestation of your love, not just the purpose of or the starting point. I mean, I think sometimes, you know, the relationships that are built on the physical, um, they run into problems down the road, especially as, you know, uh, you have all these impacting variables that enter the, the scene also known as like kids, <laughs> um, <laughs> which I think is a perfect segue into the next, you know, section that we were going to talk about, which is just all of, you know, even when we have this understanding that there needs to be these different types of intimacies um, in order to uh, really experience the fullness of sex and intimacy, there's a lot of impacting variables and challenges to to everything that we've just talked about. I mean, we can start off with just the differences between men and, men women. and women. Yeah, I always say men are like uh, microwaves and women are like crockpots. Yes. Because women, men, men get physically aroused just through sight and, and just for and, and even anticipating the fact that they're going to be able to make love to their wife, you know. But uh, a woman, on the other hand, um, they need to be, they need the emotional intimacy before the physical intimacy. Yes. Yeah. So I saw this funny, um, I think it was a TikTok video, and it was this like Christian comedian, and he was basically saying, you know what you have to do to be intimate with your wife? You have to, and then he listed off all these things. You have to go out on dates and you have to talk about feelings and you have to get her flowers and go shopping and um, do chores around the house and blah, 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 blah. Like listed all of these things and it went on for like at least a minute. It's like, you know what you have to do for a man? You have to bring food and show up naked. And that's it. (laughs) And like, that's that's the difference between the crock pot and the microwave. (laughs) There are there's, oh, there's so many differences between men and women as far as when it comes to the physical intimacy part of it, but it all has to do with connection. 
it's really important for you to be able to uh, express your love to one another when you're connected. The, that's part of the problem. When men feel men feel most connected when the physical intimacy is high, and women generally feel most connected when the emotional intimacy is high. And so it's learning to and what we'll talk about this in a few minutes. Learning to shepherd each other's hearts. Yeah. And we'll we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But then. When men feel disconnected, they often try to get the physical intimacy via the route of recreational intimacy. Like, let's do something fun together and maybe we'll end up in bed. <laughs> uh, I'll take you to dinner and I paid $100 for dinner. Somebody around here yeah. is going to come to bed. Well, and that creates, it, that does create that dynamic of like something that we had talked about in a in a previous episode about that um, shoot, like conditional, right. like contract marriage type situation i mean it's inadvertent but it's like okay if i'm doing this then i'm going to expect you to do that um and that that dynamic can kind of creep its way into like the sexual side of things as well wouldn't you say absolutely yeah Mm -hmm. so here bottom line here's the issue is that when both spouses feel the disconnection they try to solve the problem in opposite ways. Yeah. And so it's really learning to understand the heart of your spouse, you know, getting yourself out of the way. Remember the DNA of sin is self. And so you don't live to serve yourself. You live to serve your spouse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think that that's where shepherding each other's hearts. Yeah. Comes in. Yeah. So um, the other kind of variables and just challenges to this, I find, you know, is simply... Um, like the busyness of life. You know, you go through these seasons where you're running the kids around and you're just trying to keep all the plates spinning and all that. So just something as simple as um, time and being tired and um, just finding moments to connect. Mm-hmm. Um, also health issues. Yep, like you know? the hormones. Oh my goodness. Oh, <laughs> the hormones. <laughs> So, So, you know, and so your attractions and your desire levels and your libido and all that kind of stuff is different. So those can play into things. Um, But I I issue a word of caution here. It's really important that you never use the lack of intimacy as payback or to hurt your spouse to say, well, he hurt me, so I ain't going to give him anything. It's really, and I and I find couples do that, mm. where they use that as a means to hurt the other person. Yeah, you know, I don't desire you because I'm mad at you. Or yeah, whatever. but feelings can get in the way. I mean, they just can. That's why it's important to have that open connection to talk to one another and just, you know, be with one another. And I guess that brings me into another situation where. When you think of the physical intimacy, it's not just the sexual act. It's holding hands, sitting on the couch, snuggling together. I always tell my my clients, I say, sex begins in the kitchen. Um, it, it starts way before the bedroom. And so it's doing those little physical flirty kind of things in the kitchen. Um, coming up behind your, if your spouse is standing at the kitchen sink, coming up behind them and hugging them or kissing them on the ear or doing physical things like that just to touch them and let them know that you care about them. But that's another problem. (laughs) One problem leads, one situation leads into another problem. Sometimes the women, if the women do that, 
Oh, they totally think that, that you, you want to have sex yeah. or that's going to happen. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that has definitely um, <laughs> been something. Poor Carrie. He better not listen to this episode. <laughs> but, um, you know, that, that's been a challenge in our or a conversation, I should say, that yeah. Carrie and I have had is the... Um, you just want to give them a kiss? And... Yes. And, the, and it just be, that's okay. And that is that is the physical touch little deposit that you needed for and it doesn't necessarily have to go all the way or um you know i think just the idea of a healthy no like that that is okay that you can do these um little acts of physical intimacy with the freedom and comfort and understanding of knowing that this doesn't necessarily always have to lead to that because um, I know I struggled with that. And so then I would withhold those things because I didn't, I wasn't ready to do the, you know, I didn't want to have sex. But of course, like I would love to hold your hand, but I don't want that to mean the other, if that makes sense. <laughs> uh, maybe that makes me weird. I don't know. No. So, no. So, you know. I guess bringing it back to the Christian commitment um, and understanding that that when it, when it, especially when it comes to the physical act, um, I, I I think that that's where we're committed to love one another even when it hurts or even when you, because redemptive love agape love is sacrificial love and you know John thirteen thirty four thirty five says a new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And in one of our previous series, we talked about love and what that was. And so um, I would encourage you, if you didn't listen to that that part, I forget what's, which it was the one marriage of, broken together series. Okay. And so um, if you haven't heard that about love, I'd go back and, and look at that. But God's definition of love is redemptive. It's sacrificial. And so, especially when it comes to these in, the issues with the physical, especially with the physical intimacy, and then also with the emotional intimacy, men, that you um, get out of yourself and have it be that you're there to serve your spouse. And love them and love them well, because I think what is the verse in Ephesians five? I think it's verse 23. Like we're we're called to to shepherd each each other's hearts. So what what does that scripture talk about? Ephesians five. Well, the the scripture says um, you are to submit to one another in reverence for Christ. And ultimately, that's it. I mean, ooh, everybody's favorite word. uh, Well, but submit. Submit means to lift up, to come under. It doesn't mean top down. It means to come under. As Christ can, comes under us, I mean, he he died on the cross for us and gave his life for me. And because he did that for me, then I want to submit, come under, take that and come under my spouse and do what Christ did for me is sacrificially give my life to my spouse. Well, yeah. And I think a key part of that scripture is submit to each other, that it's not one always coming. It's not just one spouse coming under the other. And it's not 50, 50. Sometimes it's 90, 10. Yes. It, It is, it is both coming 
under each other and lifting each other up. Right. And to look at, you know, intimacy as um, someone described, someone described it to me once as, you know, how full is my spouse's love tank? Like mm-hmm. whatever that looks like to fill my spouse's love tank. Mm-hmm. Um, am I concerned with that or am I just concerned with my own? Right. And um, that's that different perspective that God calls us to is a a giving of self, a selfless kind of love instead of a selfish kind of love. So I, I think if there's one sentence or two sentences that I could use to bring this, wrap this all together with all the different types of intimacy, the recreational intimacy, emotional, physical, right, that it's really important that both of you ground yourself in the intimate love of the one in whom our connection is eternal and unfailing, and that is God himself. Yes. And it's, I, I, I don't know, I got 50 years of experience in this, and I'm not bragging. But, I mean, I would brag about that. <laughs> I would definitely brag about that. But it has been because of Christ at the center of our relationship, at least over the last 33 years of our of our marriage, that our relationship with Christ has really kept us connected and has the scriptures have taught us so much about being in relationship with one another till death us do part. And I pray that for you folks out there that you take what we're teaching you and apply it because Philippians 4 9 says whatever you've learned whatever you've heard whatever you've seen put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you and that's a major issue put what you're learning into practice yeah and then, and and that's so important because when all these impacting variables that we talked about and like, they will be there yes I mean I mean we didn't even we didn't even get into things like sexual trauma mm-hmm. and abuse and how that can affect sex and intimacy um, but all the other things we listed I mean most couples struggle with something on that that list and you know being grounded in Christ is just it's what carries you through um, those issues. And I also think that, you know, sometimes when we are struggling with sexual intimacy, it's not starting there and fixing that. It's going back to those other types of intimacies and really examining and taking a look at relational intimacy and intellectual intimacy, or I'm sorry, recreational um, and spiritual intimacy and seeing if, if there are disconnects there. I mean, you and dad always say that, you know, y'all have, I mean, y'all have been through so much. I mean, <laughs> if you have not heard their story about everything that they have gone through as a couple, I mean, it's just, it's only by God's grace that they are still together because they have faced it all. And I have had a front seat to a good, a good bit of it. And I've watched you struggle and fight for each other. Um, But you always say that outside of Christ, you know, the thing that kept you guys together was that you were best friends. Right. That's why one of the things that I have my clients do if they're struggling in their relationship is to develop that. I I give them different things to do to, to whether it's 
and I have them come, they come up with the ideas, but that, and that's their homework, quote unquote, um, till they come back in again is to go do something, uh, one of those, whether it's recreational or to develop that friendship and uh, start all over with that. Yeah. You know, yeah. Do, do what you did when you first met each other. And, and I also have them identify what did you fall in love with? What was it that you fell in love with with your spouse? And let's go back to that and being aware of that and focusing on those things. So, um, yeah, there's there's just so much in relationships. It's, yeah. it's I guess the, the, the big thing is to be committed to your relationship mm -hmm. that till death you do part and take the vows that you said seriously that it's not hopeless and that God can heal if he can heal my marriage he can heal anyone's marriage yes. I guarantee that <laughs> thank you so much for joining us on No Heart Left Behind's Hope in the Heart of Family Life podcast we hope you felt seen, encouraged, and have gained a little more understanding about the dynamics of creating intimacy in your marriage. We know there are so many more issues and nuances and even questions that come with the subject of sex and intimacy in marriage. So much so, we've decided to host a seminar. On October 19th, No Heart Left Behind will be hosting a seminar called Bringing Sexy Back keys to good sex and intimacy in marriage. And don't worry, for those of you out of town, there will be a virtual option. If you want to get a taste of what the seminar will be like, be sure to tune in next week and listen to my conversation with my longtime friend and presenter, Christian sex therapist Ashley Mossy. Trust me, conversations with her are a game changer. If you want more information, you can check out our events page on our website, www.noheartleftbehind.com or get the link in the show notes. We hope you can tune in next week.